the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Please like the podcast and subscribe to this channel. Thank you. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a life coach and business ethics consultant, Neil Lawrence. Hi, Neil. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? Hi, Nigel. I'm very well, thank you. So whereabouts do you live? So I live in uh, South East London. Um, I grew up in Liverpool originally and then moved uh, to London, North West, East and then South East for the last 26 years. So I understand you're involved in coaching. How did you become interested in that line of work? So it was, it was a number of circumstances that came together for that, I'd say. Uh, one was that I was diagnosed with uh, something called fibromyalgia, which is a, a condition that has an enormous impact on your ability to feel well, fogs up your brain, puts you in enormous amounts of pain, affects your mobility. So it was fairly all-encompassing. Um, the second one was I was in a profession that I'd been in for a long, long time, which which really didn't sit well with my core values, although I didn't discover that until I actually became a coach and discovered what core values were. But that was kind of eating away at me. And the third one was me and my husband were on the M4 corridor in a flood going on a holiday to Devon. And we got involved in uh, a quite serious incident where the car locked and we went aqua gliding across three lanes, completely crashed and totaled the car. But both of us and the laptop were completely safe somehow without a scratch on us. And uh, I kind of got out of the car and shook myself off in a daze. It was pouring down with rain. And uh, I, I just thought I shouldn't be here. And... I just decided that whatever I did from then on had to really be worth me doing because every day was a day that I shouldn't be here. So that kind of meant a year, a year later I was out of that profession. I had already looked at coaching online and, and, and it, seemed to, it seemed to combine some of the skills that I liked best using in, in my previous profession together with it having a much more... Um, holistic view of human beings and really really struck a chord with my desire and, and, and enjoyment of helping people make progression in their own lives and on top of that the course that I found through the, uh, the provider I went with um, Catalyst 1.4 had a mindfulness component to it which is also a really 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 important part of my life and my practice so all of that just felt like a really good fit 
So you said your coaching practice. So what type of coaching are you involved with? It has two or three different dimensions to it. So the first one, I suppose, in some ways, the most obvious one is the one-to-one work. So that's that's my that's my work as a life coach, and that that usually involves. I've I've done a lot of work with startup businesses, um, particularly particularly I was I've been really lucky to have been working with young women in business, and and that's felt like a real privilege because, as as we know, that's not that's not an easy position to be in, particularly. In, in, the, in the current environment so there's that uh, I've done work with people about relationships I've worked with people who are living with Asperger's and uh, trying to progress in their lives and kind of in a combination of, of looking how that factors in but also with the more traditional life coaching uh, so that's the first one. The second one is uh, business coaching. So I do uh, something called 360 coaching, which is uh, a management audit tool where after someone gets a report about their performance at work based on a range of people that they've chosen to give to give the performance, it's a report that's generated, I come in and support them through the process of reading through the report, reflecting on it and uh, helping them to put together an action plan. And uh, in addition to that, I'm also a consultant. So I'm very, very interested, particularly in the workplace, whether it's public sector or whether it's uh, the business environments, uh, kind of structures of, of, of places. So uh, the, the way that a place is structured and organised. And my particular interest with that is about how ethically it is structured and also how that impacts on the well-being of all people who work within. So that's that's things like policies, but it's also things like systems. You know, it might be something small like the way that people conduct, kind of communicate via email and the kind of impact that might have, but also more obvious things like meetings and, and the general culture of a place. Yes, you mentioned ethics and you're also a business ethics consultant. So why mm. are you interested in that particular type of work? I think one thing I reflected on very, very heavily after exiting my previous profession was about what had happened to me within that system. And I'm not taking my part out of it because obviously I have my, I have my role to play in terms of how I progressed or didn't progress and how I, I behaved during that time um, in terms of being able to cope with workload and be efficient. But I'd say that I had no idea that I had leadership qualities during that 25 years that I was doing that job. And also all the way along, I kept seeing the way that people talk to each other or the over-reliance of hierarchy or the normalization of bullying in communication. And I thought, that's not right. But then when I ever I said, that's not right, uh, everyone else around me kind of said, what are you talking about? So I thought, yeah, what am I talking about then? And it was only really after leaving and, and actually I left with PTSD. I, I then discovered about six months after leaving that I had time to reflect on it. And my brother-in-law, who really, really helped me kind of think about next steps and setting up uh, the, uh, the company that, that I'm involved with and, and my best friend as well, they, they both said, well, if you've been through these experiences, you, you, you understand how organisations work and you also clearly understand how structures should be put in place. So I did some digging around that and my specialism within the work I was doing before was well-being anyway, so it's not not like it was a million miles away. And the master's course I'd done was about psychodynamic uh, psychotherapy. So I'd also 
done quite a lot of work about organisations and the way they impact and interact. But I did think, yes, actually, yes. <laughs> and that might be a really nice way for me to use what I've been through in a, in a positive way to help other places that really want to have a better quality of life for, you know, right up to CEO level for, for everybody who's involved in the organisation. So that's where it came from. And it, I do find it really gratifying. It warms my heart to see how more and more people are speaking out about the importance of ethics within work, well, generally, but within work, the workplace particularly. And I think lockdown and COVID have, I think there's lots of people thinking, why am I doing this job? Or why am I not doing this job as we know? And or, or will I not be doing this job soon? And there's a, there's a lot in the air at the moment about work and its place within our lives. It feels like in terms of my purpose, I'm at the right place at the right time. Well, I understand you are also a mindfulness practitioner. So how would you describe mindfulness? Okay, so first of all, I should, I should say I've not done the course, but, but I have taught it to lots of groups of people for different groups of people. And I had a group that ran for, I think, a year and a half. And there was a real sense of growth within that time. And it was, it was a really lovely thing to do to kind of teach and then lead and then ha- as a group support each other through that process so mindfulness for me i know mindfulness is really popular at the moment what it's not for me is something that you can take into a workplace tick a few boxes have a few sessions then walk away from that doesn't mean that any intervention that that includes a mindful approach is not going to be helpful i do i do think that i think it has become and it has a very strong CBT element to it in the sense that practicing it does definitely change your outlook. And I think it has got the propensity to affect neuroplasticity in the brain and, and, and alter the way that we're able to function and do things over a longer period of time. But for me, it's, it's, it's really the Tibetan roots of it and some of the spiritual dimensions. There's a couple of teachers um, in America who, who are particularly really really love who are both psychologists and they're both uh, buddhists as well one's a person called jack cornfield with a k and uh, tara brack they're both very funny but they're also very and very down to earth but also very wise and i found listening to their podcasts and and then absorbing the mindfulness basics in within the way that they were talking about them was really powerful in terms of grounding myself and just wanting to make a difference to other people as well well, let's move on to some of your books, because you're an author. So what was your first book called and what is it about? I have to confess, right off the bat, I've not written a novel yet. So, so uh, I'm, I'm still working on my first one. And, and that's definitely a work in progress. But what I seem to be able to do quite well is write short stories. So Arachne Press, who are a wonderful independent press, pub, run a competition every year called Solstice Shorts. And uh, last year, a story of mine found its way through into the anthology and also onto, they also perform uh, all, all, all the poems and songs and stories that are included in the anthology. So I was in a wonderful position of uh, being published for the first time with a short story that I felt really happy about and also seeing seen it performed by somebody else. So that was really nice. So what is the anthology called? It's always called Solstice Shorts, but they have different themes every year. So, so last year's was um, Time and Tide. This year's is 
Times Go By Turns, which is from a very old poem. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be chosen again. Uh, that book's available uh, for pre-order now for, for this year's festival. So I'm uh, very, very pleased that's now twice with the same festival. So what other interests do you have, Neil? So I'm a big, big music fan. I'm very, uh, very eclectic with my, with my love of music. And I'm a voracious reader. Even though reading is the one thing I do the most of, I'm very aware that once you stop writing, you can't read to read. You're reading as a writer, really. Enjoy Netflix. I'm also quite limited with my ability going out because of uh, the fibromyalgia. So it tends to be home stuff or um, meeting, meeting friends before covid uh, down you know coffee shops near here or or going out for a meal and how can people contact you i am on linkedin i'm on facebook my, my email address that's probably the easiest one in some ways is n lawrence one at live.co.uk or the website for the coaching is lifecoach-london.com and for me as a writer is neil lawrence altogether .co.uk. Well, Neil, that's been very interesting. Thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.